0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to talk about your friends tonight. Your friend and your frienda. Either you are influencing them, or they are influencing you. Amen. I just get the echo away, etc. And just like this morning. So I want to, I want to, I want to talk about your friends tonight. Let me start again tonight by asking: How many of you do have a friend? Well, if you don't have a friend, go uh, uh, download Dial a Friend and. Uh, Go find a friend, okay? Or you can log on to CRC. We have many friends waiting for you in home cell. So let me ask you again. Yeah, we're not only family, we are friends. How many of you have a friend? How many of you have more than one friend? How many of you have relatives? How many of you have family? How many of you have friends you really love? You really care about them? How many of you want to see your friends in heaven one day? Now, you better listen uh, clearly tonight. Um, Just get me down. How many of you have certainty tonight that all your friends are going to heaven? John 8 verse 44, I'm not going to quote it. How many of you have the absolute certainty that all your friends, your acquaintances and your relatives, if they die tonight, will go to heaven? Put up your hand. One person. Oh, well, my brother, you need to be back next week because you've run out of friends. Because when we talk about friends, we're not, we are, tonight we're talking about our real friends and our close friends, but we're going to talk about befriending our world next week as well to do the greatest thing that any human being can do. So Mark chapter 5, the Bible says from verse 1, they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, a wild man from Borneo, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could tame him or bind him, no, not with chains. Like there's no religious system that can tame the human heart. We were all born sinners and we all need to be saved. Everybody needs a savior. Everybody needs an encounter with Jesus Christ. The Bible says he had often been bound with alcohol and bound with addictions. No, bound with uh, promiscuity, bound with cursing, bound with sin. And let me just start by saying tonight, there's no such thing as a little sin and a big sin. Sin is sin. And all sin leads to death. The Bible says the paycheck of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6 verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 says, We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, and, and then the Bible says, There is no righteous, no, not one. And then the Bible says, All our works of righteousness are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So we have to understand, Every human being that opens a womb to enter this world, And that's everybody, Has to be born again. Nobody goes to heaven because they are good people. Nobody goes to heaven because they sin less than somebody else. Listen, I've personally witnessed to tens and tens of thousands of people, and I remember uh, uh, back when people were very religious in South Africa. If you talk spoke to them about Jesus Christ, you, my beer money. No matter how good you are. Being good doesn't get you to heaven. No matter how much you do for the poor, and we should help the poor, doing charitable deeds will not get you to heaven. No matter how pious you are, piety will not get you to heaven. There is one way to heaven. John 14 verse 6 says no man comes to the Father but by Jesus preceding that I am the way the truth and the life. So every human being needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Without people hearing the message of Jesus they will never repent from their sins. We cannot assume people are safe, especially our friends. So, uh, and we're going to talk about it. The time is going to come for you to have that conversation. And, and, and we make it some a heavy deal, but it actually is not. Because if they are true friends, we talk about everything, right? You talk, you share your heart with that person. You play golf with a person. You gym with a person. You sit in a book reading club with a person. You cycle with a person. You, you share your hurts with that person. That person is a friend. And we owe it to our friends at one time to share our faith with them, not to assume that they are right. Because I'll say this again, religion will not get you to heaven. Good works will not get you to heaven. Paying penance will not get you to heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said to Nicodemus, a religious man who kept the law, a good man. When he came to Jesus, Jesus said, you must be born again. Every human being, that includes your father, your grandfather, your grandmother, your uncle, your aunt, your nephew, your cousin, your niece, must be born again. Because without the new birth, there is no heaven waiting for them. Now I tell you one thing, I don't want to stand at a casket and wonder where my friend is gone. I don't want to hear, and it actually happened the other day, uh, that Jim, Andre and I, uh, uh, um, last year, Uh, frequent often because we gym hop to reach people for Jesus. That's the only reason I get bored in one gym because we run out of sinners. So then we go to another gym and we find new people because I've now been a Christian for a long time, okay? So I've run out of unsafe friends. So I have to befriend my world, okay? And uh, this one guy, we did talk to him, not intentionally, but he's a good man, religious man, and, and suddenly he dropped dead. One day he dropped dead in gym. He just died. I mean, he was as fit as anybody, not a drinker, not a smoker, in gym every day, and he just drops dead on the treadmill. Bam, dead. They're, they're over and out, left. And I thought about it. He knew we were pastors. We shared in a casual way. And I'm not saying it's not in heaven, but I pray to God he's in heaven. Because there are people that come across our paths, especially our friends in university this year. You are studying at Tux of Nux, you are studying at Kofsys, or you are studying in Poch, or wherever you are, Stellenbosch, wherever you are. You are studying there not to party, not to have inter-hostile Partying, you are there as God's ambassador to share your faith. Can I have an amen from a young person here tonight? Come on. So, your life has a purpose, and that is to share Jesus with your world, not to Bible bash people, but to share Jesus with your world, to tell your story. And we want to start there tonight, okay? So, this man is bound, he's in a cave, he's crying out in desperation, he's helpless, he's hopeless. A lot of people in our world that are helpless and hopeless. And they are crying out in many different ways. They are crying out through their agendas. They are crying out through their hurts. They are crying out through having multiple relationships. We should not stand and condemn them. We should see the need within them is that there is a vacuum. They are crying out for a savior and they think drugs will save them. They think sex will save them. They think alcohol will save them. They think another relationship will save them, but it will not. It will destroy them. It will leave holes in them. It will cause them to rot and decay. That's why you and I have to understand we are God's ambassadors and we are the ones that should stand between the living and the dead and help those people find the savior. Cause you are never gonna be happy without Jesus Christ. Listen to me. You are never gonna be happy without Jesus. All the money in the world will not make you happy. All the fame in the world will not make you happy. Ask the famous Hollywood stars and actors and singers that died at 28, at 42, at 51, at 52, at the pinnacle of success, they overdosed because they never found what they were looking for. Don't think your fame or your success or your reputation or your money is gonna fill the vacuum in your heart. There is one person who can do that. His name is Jesus Christ and I wanna tell you, Our friends need Jesus, I'm gonna say it again. Our friends need Jesus, I'm gonna say it again. Our friends need Jesus, our friends need Jesus. Our family needs Jesus. Our neighbors need Jesus. Young people in the university, they need Jesus. So this man is crying out and he's cutting himself. He's lost in the tombs, a prison. But when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. There's one thing about sinners, they are looking, they are searching. But they're not searching for religion. They are searching for truth. And if you claim that you have Jesus, you have the truth. You don't have a part of the truth. It's sad how religion has messed people up. How people cannot share their faith with other people because they're so stuck in pointing out people's sin and people's flaws and people's wrongs that they never look beyond that to what is the root of the problem and that they have the solution. They carry the healer. They carry the savior. Come on, you Pretoria. You have what this world is looking for in Jesus' name. So Jesus heals this man, he delivers him. He cast the devils out of him. I don't wanna talk about that. And verse 15, the Bible says, his disciples come back and they saw the one, all the people of the town village come back And they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, the chief sin in university, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. How many of you remember your life before Christ? three of you. So the rest of you are all going to get saved tonight. Because your busy days are before Christ. I don't care how long ago you were saved, I remember, because there's one thing you can't get rid of is a memory. You choose not to go pull that memory back up and allow condemnation, but you should remember, you should remember who you were before Jesus came. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, now I'm, I was bound, now I'm free. So this man was bound, he encounters Jesus Christ and now he's clothed in righteousness. He's sitting in his right mind. Because I'll tell you, sinners are not in their right mind. If I have to think about the things I did before I got saved, there's nothing logic about it, right? Hello? Because sin takes you down a path of death. Right? And sin hollows you out. I don't want to preach about sin. I, I, I speak about the solution, which is the gospel. So you can sit with your friends and they can pretend that they're happy, but you don't know. They can tell you I'm okay, are they? They can every now and again be religious, but if they died, you have to answer that question. Where will they go? Your brother, your sister, your nephew, your niece, your cousin. And this should matter to us. I said, this should matter to us because this is what Jesus died for, for the salvation of all mankind. And they were afraid, (laughs) you know, when I got saved because I was really on the wrong side, okay? I wasn't half a sinner. I was a total sinner. I don't think you get half a sinner. You get a religious sinner that thinks they're okay. They sit in church, but they sin all week and they they are a religious sinner. I wasn't one of those people. Didn't go to church, didn't put my foot in church. I was a sinner. I was a full-on sinner. I was out of control, okay? So now I get saved on the 14th of November, 1982. That's long before you you were even a memory in anybody's mind, most of you. I get saved on the 14th of November, 1982 from a hangover from the night before and I'm totally saved. I mean, God saves me. Like, I didn't even think about lifting my hand in church. Somebody invited me to church and um, 75 to 80% of people that stay in church is because a friend reached out to them and a friend brought them to church. So my brother invited my friend who brought me to church and I sat with a hangover after the first cigarette of the morning and uh, my friend said, well, let's go down to that little cinema. I gave my my brother a commitment. We walked there, I sat there, and I tell you, I felt out of place. Suddenly I'm religious. because people are clapping, they're dancing. Come on, give give a hand clap to these dancers. They're amazing. Come on, man. Amazing, beautiful, pure, and energetic, okay? So uh, don't, don't think uh, uh, a method, there's a method. There's not a method, there's a message that we protect, etc. okay? So uh, I get saved. It's like the pastor does the altar call. I can't remember what he preached about. I sat behind the sound man. So everybody's sitting behind the sound desk. You're in trouble tonight, meaning God's gonna come for you, all right? And uh, I just feel like there's fire on me. I didn't understand what it is which is conviction. And I knew I was lost. But up to that night, if you asked me, are you a Christian? I would say yes, because my dad taught me I'm a Christian. Because I was born in a certain family, a certain culture, I belong to a certain church, so I'm a Christian. But I knew I wasn't a Christian. I knew if I died, I would not go to heaven. So for the first time, I experienced the love of Jesus Christ through a short pastor preaching and he makes the altar call and I wasn't thinking of, I'm gonna put up my hand here. Next minute I see my hand, he's up there. Nobody forced me. It was just like, this man needs saving. I'm lost, I'm lost, I knew it. And it was like I floated down there to the altar, to the altar area can't even remember the prayer I prayed, but I promise you when I walked out there, I was clean. I was washed. I was sanctified. I was born again. I was a new creature. I was a different man because somebody took the time to take me to church and I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and I experienced Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, this dirty sinner. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a, rest, a rich like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see somebody reached out to me. Somebody invited me, somebody told me. After many people wrote me off and didn't want their, 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 their kids to hang out with us because we were too radical, because we were not religious in us. So people said, don't hang out with those boys, they're a bad influence. And then we got saved and people said exactly the same thing. Don't hang out with them, they're a bad influence. I remember sitting at a family gathering and uh, then I took every opportunity to share my faith with my relatives and every Sunday we all came together like big Afrikaans families with five meats and everything. And then I would always volunteer, please can I pray? I want to pray a blessing over the food. And you know what I did? Nobody told me to do this. I prayed Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. Father, I thank you that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and you confess with your mouth and they're all sitting there like, and the, with their wine and their whiskies and all the things they had before, I am praying in the name of Jesus. I'm praying the salvation message through the table prayer. And every time I, was, uh, 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 I finished, it was silent. Because when you lift up Jesus, there's love, but at the same time, there's conviction. What conviction? You realize that you are lost and you need Jesus. You're not okay without Jesus. We cannot hang out with our friends and never tell them. We owe it to them. If we truly love them, we will risk a friendship. But I'll tell you what, we are gonna share our faith. Not Bible bash them in a conversational tone. And, 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 and we're gonna try and illustrate it tonight where we sit with our friends and we talk to them about what God did for us and about our faith. because we owe it to them. If we say we love them, if we say we care about them, what does it help to have a meal with them for three hours? Every week, you hang out with them for three hours and you sit here tonight. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm trying to help you. And you don't know that if that person died, That close friend of yours would go to heaven. And that's not a concern to you. My brother, we need to get some compassion. Because when you care about that person, you're going to start praying for that person. And you're going to trust the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit, at the right time to open her heart or his heart to share your faith. The right time, the right place, the right story, because they know you. Everybody knew this man. I understand he was a maniac. He was possessed. But people still today are possessed by pride. They're possessed by success. They're possessed by greed, by wealth, by fame, by many things that possess them, that takes the place of Jesus in their lives. This is where this man lived, in a cave. They may live in Satan in a cave because they are not free. They are prisoners to sin, prisoners to success. Those are our friends. And, 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 and by the way, the Bible is clear. In the life you're after, we are going to recognize one another. It's not like we're all going to look the same. You'll know me, I'll know you. But more than that, we are going to see our friends that are not in heaven. And I really, when I read that story of Lazarus and the rich man, I, I, I think, Father, I don't want a situation like that where they look at me and they say, but why didn't you tell me, At-Bosov? why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why did you not tell me? I befriend people with one reason and that's to eventually tell them about Jesus Christ. Whether they like it or not, I pray for them. I believe that God's give me, give me the opportunity through riding motorcycle with people, through going to gym, hanging out with other men, mean that I spoke to a guy this week. Listen, he dropped F-bomb upon F-bomb upon F-bomb. Not, he doesn't know I'm a pastor. And I actually like that. I'm comfortable with that. Do you understand that? Because he's F, he's not gonna get into me. I'm sorry, I'm not projecting something in your mind. I'm not so insecure that I cannot be in the world because the world is going to influence me. No, the light that is in me is greater than the darkness that is in them. But I'm not going to associate with them in the wrong way because evil communications corrupt good morals. If you're not there to influence them, they are going to influence you with their values, with their morals. They will influence you. They will rub off on you. If your intention is not there to be moderate in your behavior, loving and kind, and your assignment, your biggest assignment, is not to have a good time with that friend, but to believe God for the opening to share your faith with that friend. So when we play golf, used to before I, at the shoulder operation, I'll get back there now. Um, I would go to Pastor Jack, with Pastor Jack, and we'd always invite two other people, not Christians. I don't like hanging out just with Christians. I mean, I love you all, but I find most of you very boring. No, I I just joke because I don't know you. I'm playing with you, I'm messing with you. So I, I say that because you're exactly the same you don't want to be one of these churchified choir boys that just hallelujah and praise God and how are you I didn't ask you to say the alphabet I did not ask you to quote the whole Bible I asked you how are you how are you so let's just be real like Jesus was real he was a friend of sinners he invaded his world he befriended his world so that he could save his world he wasn't preachy he didn't Bible bash people he didn't walk around with a Bible so big he could choke a donkey he didn't walk around with a halo around his head he walked around As a man anointed by the Spirit of God with the assignment to influence his world and to bring the love of Christ to people, and I'll tell you, whatever state you live in, whatever neighborhood you live in, whatever school you are studying in, whatever university you are part of, you are God's ambassador. You are placed there by God as one of God's Levites to bring the love and the light of Christ to that environment. This year, you are gonna make new friends. And you must remember, those new friends you are making at university first years, if you are back yet, I don't know, because it seems our education is getting shorter and shorter every year. But you are there to befriend those people and to bring the value that you have, the Christ that you have to your world. Can you say amen in Jesus' name? Come on. Because I wanna get to heaven, I wanna see my uncles there and a a, a lot of my mother's side of the family were top freemasons etc so i don't want to talk about that now but i mean it was a challenge to share the gospel with many of them um one of my uncles very wealthy man was one of the wealthiest men in bloomedane um if not at that time the wealthiest man he lit his cigar and money was his god and he was blatant outspoken he said i don't need god this is my god i can buy whatever i want to this is my god yet he went belonged in church but once he had one whiskey too many, the truth came out. I don't need God. And he left till 90-something. Died? Where is he? Huh? I'm not saying he's not even. Maybe he got saved. I don't know. My mother shared her faith with him often. With her brother that passed away recently, 95 or 96 shared her faith with him every day because he was a very intellectual man, very wealthy man. And that often is the challenge with people when they have a measure of success to share Christ with them because they think they don't need Christ. Well, you in the midst of success will have to realize that you have the responsibility to share Christ as the captain of that rugby team, as the leader of that gang. After I got saved, I went back to my girlfriend of that time, and I immediately told her, I said, I found Jesus. She looked at me like I was crazy. She said, what do you mean you found Jesus? I said, I found Jesus. Because I always used to pick up for church. We never made church, right? You know what I'm talking about? No, you don't. Because you were all you all came out of your mother's womb with angel's wing. I wasn't. I needed Jesus, okay? I needed saving. I needed Jesus. I say, I needed Jesus. I needed to be saved. Hallelujah. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Then I invited her to church. She wasn't interested. My friends, I brought them all to church. Some of them were interested. Some of them weren't. That was the parting point. Because my responsibility is to share my faith with you, not to secure the friendship with you. To use my friendship to share my faith. But I will not give up my faith for your friendship. But I will use my friendship, uh, 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 the friendship I have with you, to share my faith. Because the most important thing I can do is to secure your eternal inheritance, and that means you have to share the gospel of you have to share your faith. Are you listening? Hello. And 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 by the way, if you want to stand fire, you need to be a testifying Christian. We are called uh, ambassadors. We are not called um, FBI. We are called ambassadors. And when you stop sharing your faith, that's when you get yourself in a place of compromise. That's when the world begins to infiltrate your life through other people. Huh? I mean that guy in the gym, I talk to him and it's F, this, F whatever. And and he says, Ah, so this weekend I'm gonna party, I'm gonna party. What are you doing? I'm gonna party. I'm gonna party. And I see him once he almost like invite me to party with him. He's like, Yeah, I'm also gonna party. I haven't told him yet I'm a pastor. I like it. Be comfortable. Don't get all stiff and religious. When, when That's why I wish sometimes we could just have no titles and people don't even know who we are. So we can just share Jesus with people. So there's not this gap of religion between us sharing the life that we have with Christ. So this man is delivered. People are afraid. They're not attracted to Jesus. Verse 18, here's the key. But when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged Jesus that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. But said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis, all that jesus had done for him and all marveled so uh, De- decapolis were like uh, 10 villages or 10 cities that everybody knew about this man and um you know when i got saved all i wanted was to sit at, at the feet of jesus and even now sometimes i really just don't even actually like to go out of my study when i have this time with god because there's nothing like it right uh, one thing is needed and that is sitting at the feet of jesus but that's not the only thing needed After we sit at the feet of Jesus and we connect with Jesus, we hear the cry of Jesus for the world. Isaiah, when he got into the throne, people say, I'm a worshiper. Well, if you're a worshiper, you're going to be a soul winner. Because when he gets into the Holy of Holies and he sees God, the the Holy One lifted up, he hears the cry from God that is still the same today. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, here I am, Lord, use me. When you get in God's presence, you are moved with the heart of God, and that is compassion. You care about people beyond this natural level. You care about their eternal salvation. So this man begs Jesus. I mean, he's delivered. He's been touched. He encounters the love of God, and all he wants to be is hang out with Jesus, like many Christians. They just want to go to church, and further on, that's it just want to read their Bibles and say their prayers and go to work and that's it. I'm not putting something heavy upon you. But if we truly walk with God, we will truly reflect God to our world, to our friends. Because somebody cared enough to tell us, you didn't decide by yourself to get saved. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody told you about Jesus. It may be a Sunday school teacher, but somebody told you. Please remember who that person is and forever be grateful to that person. I'm forever grateful to Pastor J. S. Goodyear under who I got saved. He's in heaven for a very, very long time, but he preached the gospel to me and I got saved because of him, hallelujah. I got saved and one day I'm gonna walk up to him in heaven and say thank you. Thank you, thank you for opening my eyes and sharing Jesus with me. Our family and friends. Now he asked the humorous thing for me. This man is in a cave, he's abandoned. Where are his family and friends? They've all abandoned him, he's chained. Maybe they gave up on him, I don't know. People may give up on you, but we have no right to give up on anybody. So Jesus says, go back to your friends. What friends? I have to ask the question. He's alone in a cave. Where were his friends? Where were those who should have taken care of him? They all abandoned him. Well, now he's saved and God says to him, now you don't abandon your friends. You don't get so holy and so religious and so born again that you forget about your friends out there in the world. They may have written you off, but you cannot write them off. You go back to the club, no, not not alone, two by two. You go back to the uh, uh, place where they hang out and you go talk to them. You go have a glass of milk with them while they have a glass of whiskey and you talk to them about, hey, I haven't seen you for a long time, how are you? I wanna tell you that God loves you and you share your faith with them. Say amen tonight, come on. People on television about to leave us. The world is hungry, you will be surprised how your friends will respond if you share your faith with them, come on. I pray that God gives you boldness. I pray God gives you opportunity so you will share your faith with the people in your world in Jesus' name. Come on, give them a God bless you, amen. So after his encounter, all he wants to do is sit at the feet of Jesus. But Jesus cares enough about his friends, listen to this, to tell him, I didn't just die for you. He loves you and your friends enough to put you in a place of being uncomfortable. Not just, I want to sit at the feet of Jesus, which is what people do often. The highest calling is just to worship. And then what after your worship? Whatever you define worship as. So you have this wonderful moment in God's presence. And it's like, uh, and it's beautiful, right? There's nothing like it. Encountering the presence of God. What compares with it? Nothing. But then... We have to take that into the world through these natural vehicles that we find ourselves in and by being responsible with what we have received when we don't feel this presence but we carry the responsibility to go to our friends. And I've led hundreds and hundreds of thousands if not millions of people to Christ over the years. Hundreds of thousands personally, not over-exaggerating Personally, testified, led so many people to Jesus. And there is no joy that compares with the joy that when you lead somebody to Jesus Christ, there's nothing like praying the sinner's prayer with somebody else, with somebody opening their heart and accepting Jesus Christ. Your friends saying, Yes, I want to say that prayer. Yes, I want, I've led people to the Lord uh, on airplanes, I've led them to the Lord in, in, in hotel lobbies, on street corners. Absolutely everywhere in the gym, everywhere I've led people to the Lord, and it's like you get filled with fire and enthusiasm every time you share your faith with somebody else. Come on, say amen today. And this is all of our responsibility to take Jesus and to share him with the people in our world. So, Jesus cares enough about his friends to tell him, You go to your friends. This is not just about you, it's about your friends as well. It's about your mom, it's about your dad. It's about your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, that you make it a priority in 2024 to share your faith. So those people will come to Christ, that you pray. That part of your prayer is to pray for those people, your friends and your relatives. And at the right time, you will wake up one morning and just know this is the time to share your faith. You know, when I was in Lady Brand, we lived on a farm that was the only property available uh, a person is still a member in this church, but I'm listen. I started that church um, back in 1987, and uh, when charismatic churches uh, were just, we were looked at like we are a sect, we are the outcasts, etc. And this particular man, I mean, when he saw me, he ran. Literally, you can ask him. He's a big businessman. He avoided me like the plague. I mean, if he saw me and he came to his farm, he would turn around and drive the other way, or he would, or he would avoid me. At all costs. No engagement with me. So I'm praying one morning, like I always did. And uh, the Holy Ghost says to me, phone him. Those years ago, I still had this telephone. Ring, ring. No, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Okay. And he's a busy man. He answers. I say to him, let's say his name is Jack. I say, Jack, I need to see you. He says, I know. But now I've been praying for him. I've been praying that God will convict him. I've been praying that God will save him. I've been praying that God will give me the opportunity because I care about this man. He's religious, but he's not born again. And I, 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 I say to him, I need to see you. He says, I know, I'm on my way. Now this is so unlike him. 10 minutes later he comes to the farm, his house. Um, and I stand at the front door and he, he walks, he climbs out of his bucky. He walks to the front door. I look at him like this and I say, Jack, his name is not Jack, okay. I said to him, That's see. I did the work in prayer. I said, you must give your life to Jesus. He said, I know. And he fell on his knees. He didn't even make it through the front door. He did not even go into his house. He fell on his knees without me preaching the gospel one sentence. I said, you need to give your life to Jesus. He's still with us. His family is with us. For donkey's years, he's been part of this church from Lady Brain, and um, he gave his life to Jesus. So I said to him, "Now you need to pray with me." He started praying with me every morning, five o'clock. I discipled him. He was one of those guys, very intellectual person. That um, whenever I share something, then he would say to me in Afrikaans, "Equipped me," when I said "dunker," I dunk. Then I like that. Because I like it if you think. Because if you can reason, we can change your perceptions. If you say, I I don't believe this, I can do nothing. If you say, I don't buy this, fine, let's talk about it. To get you the place of understanding, then you make up your mind whether you actually believe what the Bible says to be true. And he grew. So he says to me. um, Now they were a religious family in Lady Brand. Everybody knew him. He was the chief deacon in the church, etc, etc. So he says to me. My Fro will never me I say, invite me. So he invites me to his house. I walk in there and his wife sits there. And I say to her, almost I said his name. I said, um, I know, man, I was thinking about a woman's name now, man. My word. <laughs> Not Jill, Jack and Jill. Okay, Jill. I said, Jill... Jack gave his life to Jesus. As she was a very religious woman, she looks at me like this and says, I it. I could nooit that, it's going to happen. I said, Will you your heart for She said, Easy like that. Because when you love friends and you love people, you pray for them. You pray. You pray that the Lord of the harvest will convict them. You pray for the right labourer and normally you are the labourer that God is going to use, especially in the lives of your friends. That at some stage you have that conversation. Your best friend that knows all your secrets, your friend that will do anything for you, but your friend should she die, might not go to heaven. How do you feel about that? If you think about it. Is there the possibility that you actually begin to think that you have a responsibility to share your faith in a conversational way? I think we make this preaching thing and evangelism too heavy. This man just went and shared his faith. That woman at the well of Samaria that had five husbands, the one she lived with was not her husband. She was an outcast, social outcast, a Samaritan, after Jesus touches her, she leaves the water pot. She runs to the village and she says, Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Then they came out, they heard Jesus for themselves. The Bible says, many of those people believe because of her testimony. Many believe because of her testimony. The Bible says, even more believe because they heard Jesus for herself. What does that say? You share your faith privately then you bring your world to church where God has planted you so they can encounter the love of God and the presence of God in a different way. Say amen tonight. Oh, come on. You are soul winners tonight. Say amen and give Him a bit of a praise here tonight. So I'm going to say it again. Listen, watching on social media as well. Listen, there comes a time that you have to share your faith. But for you to share your faith, they have to see the change in you first. Amen. This man who was bound now was free. Because of that, people responded to his testimony. We can't run around looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world and think we're going to... Talk to those people about Jesus. There has to be something that changes when Jesus comes. Can you say amen today? Come on now. I'm talking to to Christians here tonight. There has to be change. Not I'm saved and everybody says from what? I'm saved. Come on, if you're saved tonight and you know it, say amen and give the Lord a praise. Come on. We're going to wrap this up in a few minutes. In Mark 16 verse 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All the world does not mean you leave your job and you go be a missionary in China, Timbuktu, India, Pitsil, no. All your world means your world, where you live, where you work, where you play. That's your world. Together, through God's master plan, we have been placed with a primary purpose of going into our world and sharing our faith. Now, there's two kinds of evangelism direct evangelism, which is something I do when we have crusades, evangelists do that. It's um, a more aggressive form of evangelism. But then there is personal evangelism, which everybody is called to do. So, Jesus does not limit evangelism just to personal evangelism because he says, Go into all the world, he says, Preach the gospel. But for you tonight, as a businessman, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a company owner, you know, if I owned a company, I would own, open that company with prayer, and and I would at some stage share my faith with everybody that works for me. Not go stand there and be an evangelist, but share my faith. I would be, as an employer or an employee. I would pray for the people that are in my world, the other secretaries, the other lecturers, the other teachers. I will not assume everybody is born again because there's a lot of religious people not saved. I'm not judging anyone. I'm stating a fact. They're not born again. They have a form of godliness, but they're not saved. There's a big difference. Nicodemus was a religious person. My father was a religious man. He was an elder in the church. He, he had a white uh, um, tie, dust, sat in those special benches. He wasn't saved. I led him to the Lord. He wasn't saved. Read the Bible. He wasn't saved. I led him to the Lord. So we cannot assume because people say certain things, there has to be the time that you ask the question Are you sure? that when you die, you'll go to heaven. And if people say nobody knows, that's not true because 1 John chapter 5 says, He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not life. These things I've written that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know. And that you're not sinning like anybody else does not make you a child of God You must be born again. And the only way to be born again is to respond to the gospel message. The gospel message is not preaching. The gospel message is sharing your faith. I was a sinner, but I received forgiveness. My sins are forgiven. I am free. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. When you share your faith in an authentic way, you'll be amazed to see how people respond. As a matter of fact, your friends will listen to you more than they will listen to any preacher because they know you. But if you live like them, after you got saved, they might not listen to you. And if you got into a place of compromise, listen, it's not a big deal. When when we give our lives to Jesus, in any case, we die to self. So we don't try to save face, right? Right? We rather go to our friends honestly and we say, listen man, I'm sorry, I messed up, I messed up. I've I've not been a great example to you, I'm sorry. But I've been thinking about this and and, and I'm really bothered in my heart and and concerned that I have failed to, to be truthful to you. That really, I love you and I've allowed myself to be in this situation of compromise for too long now. You are my friend. I love you. You're one of my three friends, one of my five friends. You can't have more than five friends. They are just associates. And and have that honest conversation and say to the person, I'm sorry for not sharing my faith to you sooner, with you sooner. But I'm telling you, I am changing. God has spoken to me. And now you share your faith with that person. They will respect you. You will grow in esteem in their eyes when you own up and you say to those people, I am sorry for not sharing my faith, but I cannot wait any longer. I have to tell you that I'm saved. I have to tell you that God loves you. I have to tell you that I'm free. And I have to tell you the things I did I am no longer going to do. All I want to say is that you are saved. We still are going to be friends, but we're not going to do this or this or this or this or this or this or whatever it is. Now, you set the standard. That's what friendship does, right? You play golf and Jack knows um, I will see how the person treats the caddy. If he's a racist, that freaks me out totally. Don't talk the caddy. I'm going to have a, 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 a Barney with a person because I can't handle that. When an older man carries your bag and you as a young person golfer treat them with disrespect. Go find, go look what at this, the essence of Christianity. I say that to young people. Listen, I've played with young guys. Then I said to the man, "That could be your dad. What's wrong with you? You better change your attitude very quickly, otherwise." Uh this day's not gonna end well. You are not the superior person that talks down on people, etc. That's not a testimony to Christ. When you tip that caddy, you tip him the biggest. When you talk to him, you talk to him with utmost respect, etc. You want to talk about Christianity, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a life that is changed, empowered by the love of God, and you share the love of God wherever you go. And you share Christ with your friends. You play with him so you can share your faith with your friends, as this man did, as this woman did. So I close with John 17, Jesus praying. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one in the world. Listen tonight, God doesn't need you in heaven. Some of you, your goal is to go to heaven. Well, then give up the ghost and go. I'm going to say it again, God does not need you in heaven if he needed you there you would be there already he needs you down here on planet earth I say uh, the religious minds are so shocked now because I said God doesn't need you in heaven what does he need you to go to? to go play a harp in heaven Wave a palm tree in heaven to do what think. I'm gonna say it a third time because I see it's 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 taking time to, to sink in. The Lord thy God doth not need thee in heaven, the Lord thy God needs thee on earth, Amen, He needs you alive and He needs you on this earth, to do what? He says, I do not pray that you take them out of the world. Otherwise, I mean, the logical thing to do was get people saved and as they get saved, they drop dead like flies and their spirit goes to heaven. Because you never have to deal with temptation again. You never have to deal with anything. They just, they saved and they go to, if that was the goal, I'm sure God could figure that out to say, give your life to Jesus. Jesus saved me. (laughs) No, He saved you for a purpose. I said He saved you for a purpose. And the highest purpose is to share your faith with your friends. So verse 18 says, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So He says, I don't pray that you take them out of the world as the same way you sent me. Jesus was sent to do what? To save people from their sin. As you sent me into the world, so I also have sent them into the world. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word or through their testimony. So God counts on you to share your faith. He's kept you in this world to share your faith with the people in your world. Think about your world for a moment, just, uh, just, just for a moment. Uh, let me backtrack it, but Think about the people that were instrumental to lead you to Jesus Christ. Who invited you to church? And if that person never invited you, had this man of the Gadarenes never gone to Decapolis, those 10 cities, what would have happened to those people? Because the Bible is clear, how are they here without a preacher? You listen to some of these arrogant people and say, well, we don't have to tell anybody about Jesus. Where did you get that in the Bible? The Bible says, how will they hear without a preacher? The Bible says, God has ordained that through the foolishness of preaching, people get saved. That's the way God saves people. is you and me sharing our faith with people, sharing our testimony with people out there in the world. Let's start with our friends. 2024, let's make this a year where we put our, our friends in a place, we'll talk about this now, in a circle where we are going to pray for our friends. Not party with our friends. You can still go to the party, but you're going to not lose yourself. You are going to be different. You're going to be the salt. You're going to be the light. And then those people are going to ask you, but, but what changed, Jack? You're not drinking the way you used to drink. What changed? You do not even have to offer information. They will see your conversation, your jokes, your prejudice, the way you treat people, the way you live, your habits. They will see Jack changed. And then Jack will say, when they, when they come and they say, why aren't you drinking so much anymore? Jack is going to say, because I've become a vegetarian. <laughs> How weak. How weak. It's, it's like the guy that worked in the company, True Story, and he thought, I'm not going to share my faith. I first want to... Uh, Everybody must first see there's something different about me. And then somebody came to him and said to him, after years, They said, oh, we, see, we noticed there's something different about you. He said, what? I said, we figured out you're a vegetarian. Really? You know, some of our friends don't have time. Listen to me. It's not heavy, but it's real. Some of our friends don't have time. This is what will keep you with Christ all the days of your life. This is that will break the hold of ungodly people in your world, in your life. This. Being a person that treasures your faith. The Bible says it's more precious than gold. So when, when I was a salesman, oftentimes I would not sell the policy or the machine. I would share my faith. And then one month I earned no money. Because I just shared my faith with everybody and I realized it doesn't work like that. He doesn't eat does, that, doesn't work, doesn't eat. So I needed to get the because I sit there and I'm thinking, is this person going to heaven, isn't going to hell, isn't going to heaven, isn't going, is going to hell. As a home leader, I drew up little cards like this, and I invited people everywhere. Come to my home cell, come to my home cell, come to my home cell. Then I realized, okay, I can do business and they'd share my faith. And if they don't want to do business with you, I'm not going to be ugly or nasty. I'm going to share my faith in any case. I'm not saying you Bible bash people, but people are like harvest. There's a time to share with people. And if you leave it too long, it's too late. Any farmer knows it. The fields that are white, we need to harvest. The people that are ready, and they are the ones that maybe are crying out the loudest. The people that seem the furthest away from God to you. The people that might be the most pious or religious like Nicodemus. You have friends like that? Share your faith. What do you have to lose? Nothing. What do you have to gain? Everything. You see, that person saved. And one day when you get to heaven, that person walks up to you and say, Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your faith with me. Come on, family. We have this treasure. We have Christ on the inside, but we have been entrusted with a message. The Bible says we have been entrusted with a ministry of reconciliation, that God is in us, crying through us to the people in our world. Be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors, the Bible calls us, of Christ, not of anything else. Your friends, your friends, that friend that you've lost touch with, Go, go dig up that number and phone them. Go see them. Go talk to them. That brother that you've got an axe to grind with because of an inheritance, All the nonsense in this world that divides people. His soul is more important than anything else. Phone your brother and be the better person and say to your brother, I'm sorry, man. Everything is okay. I love you, bro. Your father that mistreated you, phone him for his soul's sake. Listen, if we say we love people, their souls should matter to us. The eternal destination should matter to us and we are God's saint ones to bring the gospel of Jesus to the people in our world. You receive this tonight, give the Lord a hand, come on. Come on there in Johannesburg, young people, there in Bloemfontein, young people. Come on, let's just praise Him a little bit here tonight, come on. Time to share the good news of Jesus with our world, people in our world. Time to share the good news of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Come on, give Him a praise, man. If you're saved tonight and you know it, just thank Him for your salvation. Think about the change that Jesus brought into your life. Some of you were wild. Now you are born again. You are blood washed, you are sanctified. You are sons and daughters of God. Come on, praise Him for the salvation that you have. Amen, amen. We've said a lot of things now. I have to talk to you tonight that don't know Jesus. Many, many first year students, new people in Bloomington. I wanted to be there tonight. Couldn't make it. Um, Standing in this place tonight. If you die tonight, you don't know that you'll go to heaven. That's the reality. Death waits for no man. Death comes like a thief in the night. That's reality. Death is the destination of every man. Death happens unexpectedly. Should we fear death? No, but it is the unknown. Only if you have Jesus in your life do you have peace and certainty that there is something good waiting on the other side. For the rest, we don't want to think about it, do we? Because it makes us uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't want to have these conversations with our friends because it makes them uncomfortable. But we should. And tonight you need to hear me. God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. And without Jesus Christ, you can't get to heaven. There's no other way. Trying to be good, trying to save yourselves, is never going to work. You must be born again. Maybe you're standing in this place tonight...